Welcome back, everyone. I'm joined by Laura Renstad. Laura and I connected through a few mutual friends um, through F45, the gym that I can't shut up about. Um, but we also realized that we had so many mutual friends in the dance space because if you're a listener, then you know that I used to dance and that was my identity for a very long time. Um, and Laura is dancing with the Moulin Rouge. She lives in Paris. She's currently in BC right now, but she also grew up on the North Shore, which is really exciting. Um, so I'm excited to get into your story and to hear about the behind the scenes because I've you know never spoken to anyone that danced for the Moulin Rouge or anything. So thank you for coming on. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. I have like a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I'm so excited um, to, yeah, to dive back into this crazy life I live. Wait, okay, let's start from the beginning with dance and your childhood. And we were both in a similar program where in high school, we would leave at like 1 p.m. or at 12 yes. and then the rest of the day and you did that. So how, you know, having that experience with like high school, you weren't really there. How has that affected you um, now? Yeah, it's it's really coming up in an alarming rate, the gaps in my education, now that I realize as an adult that that caused. Um, but it was, I just, I didn't really know any better, I guess, growing up that that was just the norm. Um, it, they were long days, um, but they were so fun. And I feel like, um, like, committing yourself to something and just giving it your absolute all and spending like that much time uh like finessing a craft like it's really made me like really like tenacious and hardworking and disciplined so I feel like I owe a lot of my success now in what I do to to that program and to doing that and committing myself to that awesome yeah and did you think you'd be dancing professionally when you were like a teenager um like for me I kind of knew that I, I liked it but it's not something that I wanted to do um, as I got older. So for you, was it like, you know, your core mission and drive to do it professionally? Oh, absolutely. That was the only option in my brain. Mm -hmm. um, there was, I put all my eggs into one basket. So I was like, this is better fucking work out. Um, but it did. So you know what? No regrets. That's awesome. Okay. So what would you tell your younger self? Like, so for me, I've had quite a few dance friends, like I've said on the podcast, and we've had some like really good moments with dance and like it, it brought a great group of like women together um, and it, you know, taught us a lot about determination and prioritizing your time. But there was also a lot of cons for us. Like, unfortunately, so many of us came out struggling with like an eating disorder. I'm laughing because it's so many of us now. It's not funny. <laughs> I, but, no, but, I laugh in tough conversations too. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, that's just the nature of what things have gone. But for you, if you could go back and talk to your younger self and if you had gone through any challenges or anything, like what would you say? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. I definitely would tell myself that like, at the end of the day, you're just a speck of dust, nothing. Like I think I built up situations and dramas so much because your world gets very small when you're with the same people in a small space for so long. Um, I definitely say that like no one is thinking about you like as much as you think they are. Everyone is way too concerned about themselves. So like care less about what other people think. Um, like fitting in, overrated, like be your weird, quirky self. Um, oh, what else would I say? Almonds are not a meal. Um, stop shitting on your body so much. It does so much for you and it's so incredible. Yeah, just like believe in yourself more. Like don't stress too much about like the future and what you're gonna do. Like there will be so many futures and you will do so many things. Like just chill, just try to enjoy the moment, I think. No, I love that. And, and going on about the conversation about like, I guess, mental health with dance and everything. Cause there's so much pressure with 
the way that you look. And I know with the Moulin Rouge, and we can talk about that in a bit, but like you have to be a certain height, a certain size and all that stuff. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. So how do you deal with that pressure? Because I feel like that's quite a bit of pressure on you. Yeah. Um, I was pretty worried. I, I think I grew up a little lucky when I was in middle school and high school. I had like a crazy fast metabolism. So no matter how much I ate, like I was still like a stick. Um, it wasn't until I think I went to university um, where I realized that like life is all fun and games until your metabolism slows down. Um, and then suddenly like it kind of clicks it like, oh, it's a mirror and a leotard and tights being compared to like 16 other girls. Um, so then that starts to kind of like affect your, your, your mindset. And then I start seeing like other dancers and I'm like, oh, they look a lot better in sports bra or like, oh, okay. They're getting a lot more jobs. What's the difference? Oh, they're thinner. Like, oh, they're getting a lot more male attention. What's the difference? They're thinner. Like, oh, they're a lot more popular. What's the difference? They're thinner. And so my brain started to like maybe assimilate like success, um, and thinness. So definitely in college is where probably my eating disorder like started and then I just became very very like concerned with the calories like um what I was eating like what I looked like um and it was hard it was really hard and it definitely took like um, a lot of outside good friends and mentors to like really sit me down and like bring me help and thankfully they did and like slowly like it still obviously comes up in my daily life still where um, I have those thoughts, which I really have to work at, um, uh, working through, but, um, slowly I did like heal that. And I remember when I first got hired at the Moulin Rouge, I was a little worried. I was like, am I going to go back into this space of like, you know, 60 incredible, tall, lean, thin dancers. And am I going to be like triggered again? Mm -hmm. Um, but honestly, I can say that the Moulin Rouge as a company has been just such an incredible experience where when I got there, I saw that like, these are like, 60 like gorgeous like womanly figured dancers that are just that are healthy they're strong and honestly like at the Mulan I don't think I don't there I don't feel any any pressure to, to become or to look a certain way like they hired me because they like me they like my body I love my body so mm -hmm. honestly right now it's been it's been a really good and um, healing experience. That's amazing. And all the women, are they, are you quite close with them or what's the like behind the scenes look like for you at the Moulin Rouge with all those women? Yeah, there's about, um, I want to say 80 dancers. Wow. There's 60 girls and 20 boys. Mm -hmm. um, not all of us are on stage all the time, obviously. Um, I have like my own group. Uh, we're called the Dancer Line. So there's about 14 of us needed every night. Um, but there's probably about 25 of us in general, just, you know, to rotate for who's on holiday or sick or injured. Um, so yeah, it was, it's really fun. Everyone is so, so great, Mo mainly Australian dancers, mm -hmm. funny enough. Um, but it's a very international cast and yeah, everyone, everyone's super nice. Everyone's super kind and everyone has like a real, uh, yeah, healthy, um, attitude towards dance and, um, and, and our bodies. I'm so happy to hear that. I think if 16 year old me heard that, like that, it's like, it's not always, I'm not always going to feel that way. And you can live in a happy environment, especially still in dance. Um, yeah. I think a lot of, I think young girls would love to hear that. So I'm glad it's like that, um, for you. And, you know, most people don't really know more about the Moulin Rouge. I guess we should have gone with, started with this, but do you mind kind of giving <laughs> a brief 
of like what it is. Cause I guess people have certain ideas or they've seen it in movies, but like if people have yeah. no idea what the Moulin Rouge is, can you explain it? Yeah. So the Moulin Rouge um, is like a very, it's probably the world's most famous cabaret, I'd say. Um, it started in 1889. So does that, oh, quick maths. Uh, does that make it 132? <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Okay. That sounds yeah. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, there's just, there's so much history there. It's, it's so fun being in this like such iconic building in Paris and there's pictures on the walls of the, the dancers that have been there for like years and years. The musical is something separate. So they are separate things. The musical is like different music, a, a different story, um, but it's, it's set um, at the, the cabaret in, in Paris. So we are like a different thing. I think people sometimes confuse and interchange the two, but we are different. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's a two hour, about two hour show. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got dancing, singing, like acrobats. We've got like circus acts. Like it's just a big like entertainment party. Basically, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Wow. Okay. And when you first moved to Paris, like kind of yeah. all by yourself, I'm assuming you didn't know anyone. Like, what were your initial thoughts on like your first week working with them and like being in a new country? Oh my goodness, <laughs> I was definitely in the trenches of like uh uh panic ignorance and self-doubt um but luckily I actually did know one other person um and we kind of clicked and got along right away she's from Toronto um and so when I got first my acceptance um and job offer I obviously called her right away and she said she got the same one so kind of going into it we like sort of knew each other and had like a bit of like an online relationship so that was so nice like having her especially a Canadian to kind of just like yeah, a piece of home, like a piece of familiarity in this like new city, new job, new language, new people, like everything. So she was definitely my saving grace. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's also great because um, even though I was like raw dogging a new language and new people and everything, like when you go there, it's such a, already like a, a community and they're just so welcoming. So you kind of walk into already like a friend group of like 60 amazing international people. So honestly, that made the the move pretty easy. Wow. Okay. And how did you deal with like, if you got, do you get homesick quite often? Um, and if you did, like, what did you do when you felt like lonely? Cause I feel like in the, when you're in the midst of doing the Moulin Rouge and rehearsing and all that stuff, it's very go, go, go. I'm assuming yes. there's like, no breaks. And when there's like downtime and you're like in this beautiful city kind of alone, you know what I mean? Even though you've got, you know, I'm sure you've made friends now, but what do you do when you you're homesick or you feel lonely? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I find me and my friends, we do a lot of like sad gal walks, we call them. So sometimes <laughs> you just like walk along the sand and I just put yeah. my headphones in and I just listen to like music that makes me think of the West Coast, like yes. Mumford and Sons or the yeah. Lumineers. <laughs> sometimes I just cry, but you know, it's Paris. Yeah. So, yeah. Ça va. <laughs> oh. but yeah, that's, or, or I, I call friends, I call home. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the life is so busy. Um, we're dancing six nights a week. Like the show is open 365 days a year. And I do two shows every night. Um, I don't really get home and, and asleep until about 4 a.m. So I wake up at around 2 in the afternoon. Oh yeah. And then I only have a couple hours before I'm, I'm back at work. So there's not like a lot of time to, to be homesick or to have FOMO. But yeah. it definitely comes for sure. Like it's a balance. Some days I'm so high on life in Paris and other days I'm like Uber eating and crying in the shower. Like it's, (laughs) it's both. (laughs) That's crazy. So you're doing six days a week. Like, so what do you like, do you have an off day or how many hours per week? Do you think you could calculate like you work, including rehearsals and all that? Oh my God. So it changes all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, depends like when we have new people joining the show, we have rehearsals quite a bit. So we'll rehearse from like one to like 4.30 and then we have like a two hour break and then we come back and do our two shows. So those are long days of mm-hmm. like full intense circus cardio dancing. Yeah. Um, but then other, sometimes I will go like a month without a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And then that's really just my like five hours. I think it is. I, I usually get to work around like 7.30 and leave around like 1.30. Yeah, we all just have one rotating day off. So the the six days a week is it's it, it's a hard week for sure. Just the no weekends sometimes uh, gets a little much. I usually yes. have like like day one to five. Love my job. Day day six is sometimes a bit of a spiral. <laughs> yes, no. Um, um, but yeah, but mm-hmm, but it's fine. It, honestly, the amount of joy like being able to like say dancing for a living gives me makes it all worth it in the end. Wow. Do you find it, um, I guess, repetitive maybe because you're doing like a similar routine or anything? Like, do you find it quite fulfilling? I know it's probably like your dream role to work for the Moulin Rouge, but doing the same similar like routine every day, like mm-hmm. yeah, just I guess like, <laughs> it's like, you know, your muscle memory where you're just like, you're not even thinking and you're just doing it. Or do you like mentally, do you find like you're wanting to do like other forms of dance? Yeah, this this has a long answer because basically the show has been running this particular show. Uh, it's called uh, Fairy, and it's been since 1999. So mm-hmm. it's been going. It's been the same show for like over 20 years. What I do at night uh, when I when you first start is you have like a role and a spot in each number. And yeah, I did that same thing twice a night for about six months. And honestly, sometimes it did get very repetitive and, you know, you go on stage and even though there's a thousand people like just looking up at you at all, I'm just thinking about my chicken salad that's I'm going (laughs) to eat after this number. Um, But um, luckily after about six months, they trust you more and you're more used to the show. So you start to what's called uh, being a swing. I don't know if you're familiar with this term. Um, So then I actually get like my spots taken away and I just have to like learn everybody's spots. And then before the show, we get like a plan and it will say like, oh, like I'm Katie number. And so I just have to like look at a plan. I have to see their track because all the tracks are different. And I have to like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you think on your feet and you may have to like change the choreography. Now you're dancing on a stair. Now you have a lift with the boy. Now you have to do it on the left side. Mm -hmm. Like, so now going into work, that adds like an extra challenge, an extra layer that like there's so many different ways to do the show. Um, so now I don't find it too too repetitive as well um, there's another line uh, you can kind of be promoted uh, past the dancer line and now I understudy that so I also know all their dances so whenever they're short a dancer and I can hop on there and and do their numbers or sometimes when we're really short on dancers I just mm-hmm. do both and I quick change really fast backstage so honestly never a dull moment in showbiz it, wow. it's pretty okay. good it, it keeps me on my toes Okay. So from like an artistic director's perspective, like what would make a good Moulin Rouge dancer and like, how would you be like promoted? Is it just like length of time, dedication or like, yeah. Do you know what would make like a really good Moulin Rouge dancer? Yeah. Okay. So to be hired, I think the minimum height is five, nine. Mm-hmm. I'm like five, eight on a tall day. So I, um, you just, I think she, my, my artistic director really looks for like personality. Like I really do find that like everyone that I work with has like such like a great quirky, weird personality. So it's, mm-hmm. it's so it makes such a good like um, company culture. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the height and like the aesthetic of body for sure. Mm-hmm. 
yeah she doesn't want sticks like she wants womanly figures that like just look gorgeous on stage so I'd say that I'd say like a good background in like ballet so you can have like a nice technical background to like hold yourself with like great posture grace ease of movement um I also think that like a background in like a bit of commercial dance and hip-hop and like other jazz styles um are needed for more of the like fun numbers and then to be promoted, um, yeah, definitely length of time. Like there's a huge seniority system there. Like there's some dancers that are, are 40 and they've been there for 20 years and they have kids wow. and they still come into work. Like it's so inspiring and they take really good care of their bodies. So dedication. Yeah. And then also I think talent does pay a, a good part. So if you are doing really well and you're really smart and you're on it, um, you will be promoted faster. Um, but yeah, I'd say the ideal dancer to sum that up would be five foot eight and above, <laughs> um, lean, strong, womanly body, a good personality, a great worth ethic and yeah, sharp brain. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Um, and I want to shift gears a little bit because I love talking about dating and relationships and you said, you <laughs> about it. so now I get to grill you. Um, oh, which is really fun. okay. So being a new city, you're like extremely busy. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're single. So how are you navigating dating and what it's, what's like the difference with like dating in Canada with like Canadian mans versus Parisian mans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, definitely the language barrier as like a nice spicy element to it because <laughs> like every, every man that I've met has like two personalities, like one in French and one in English, Right. Um, which makes sense. Cause like when I try to speak French, like I sound like a third grader. So it's hard to like portray my personality in a different yes. language. Yes. Um, feel like it's nice that the Frenchmen, I don't feel as many games maybe as I do in Canada. Okay. Um, but also it's harder to get them to spell monogamy. So it like comes with pros and cons. <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you say that yeah. they're more forward? Because I feel like like I'm in a relationship now, but Canadian man's like, you know, maybe they do play games and they're kind of like they tippy toe some of them like my boyfriend was pretty straightforward and like that's how we got to dating so quickly um mm-hmm. but do you find that French men are more forward or are they a little oh, bit 100% like I honestly yeah. most of my dates are just like can be approached when I'm walking down the street or like by the loop or like in a bar they're definitely very forward they will just come up to you and start making a conversation which is honestly really nice and refreshing yeah for sure um, but then you just, they had that certain charm that, you know, that you're not the only girl that they're approaching on a regular uh-huh. basis. I can't speak for all of them. I have met some really amazing yes. people as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's probably a big difference. Okay. And I'm assuming some of the, the girls in the show are in relationships. Do you think it'd be really hard to maintain a relationship while being so busy working at the Moulin Rouge? Because it seems like you only have a couple hours, like a day per week off. Do you think that's yeah, difficult? No. I think it's really hard to date and be in a relationship because like most of regular life um, happens, like I assume most people work ish a nine to five and most yeah. of like the socializing comes after like dinner parties, bars, all free time is always from nine to five. And then mm-hmm. from that on we're working. Um, so yeah, like some of my friends, even when they've met a French man in Paris, like they, they don't get to like have a night with their partner. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's only once a week. And even like that, that one day, if their partner works nine to five, like they only have that one small amount of time with them. So I right. think it definitely takes a toll on, on the relationships when you work six nights a week. Okay. And also if you're single, it's hard to date because most dates happen, you know, after work, whereas I can only ever do like a brunch or a coffee. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And um, when you, when you tell, like, when you tell them that you're in Moulin Rouge, you're a dancer, what's their usual, like first impression? What, like, what did they say? 
Oh, they're yes. They, I, I try to avoid saying that because they get right. very excited because <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> of the connotation that like, um, obviously the Moulin Rouge is a cabaret. So like, it is a little more like risque, not risque. Yes. It's very classy, but, yes. um, but yeah, they definitely, it's, it definitely gets a reaction. Sometimes it's pretty fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's so funny. Okay. I won't grill you anymore with dating. Cause you're probably like, <laughs> stop. Okay. And I kind of want, before we get into some rapid fires, um, I guess like generally, so I do have people that are either past dancers that like had a dream of, you know, becoming a dancer professionally or younger girls that want to do it professionally. And I know it's very hard, like being an artist and, you know, being a dancer and making it professionally because most yeah. jobs aren't as stable. And I know Moulin Rouge is like a very stable job, but for those girls that are like trying to get their foot in the door, for like, let's say they're not five, eight and they're five, not, they're like not as tall as like the requirements that are for the Milan Rouge. Do you have any advice in general for trying to making it professionally um, with dance and like, you know, networking and all that? What are some of the steps that they should do to, you know, get to that point? Yeah, for sure. I feel like it is a pretty like um, unfair uh, list of how you do get a dance job. Like, I think that it's definitely like who you know, what you look like, and then how talented you are. Like that kind of comes last, unfortunately. So I feel like it's hard to control what you look like and who you know, but do the best that you can. Like I find what you are typecast for. Like I know that like, um, I have to be honest with like my abilities and my strengths, like where should I be investing my time? Like if I'm going after a ballet company or contemporary company, like look at that company, look at feeder schools, look at like classes that they're teaching, are the company members teaching, like try to network with them, try to go to their classes. Definitely like network, network is probably like my holy grail in getting a dance job. Um, Just do your research, like keep going. Like I can't tell you how many auditions I went to that got no's and then it just takes that one to take a chance on you. And then everything, when you look back, you're so grateful everything happened the way it did. I'm so happy I didn't quit or, or get to like uh down about all the rejection because like we are in the business of rejection like there's going to be so much and just like being able to like be resilient and keep believing in yourself and like keep going um is really is going to what's uh separate you from the pack yeah no I love that and auditions are terrifying for dance oh like I know it's been so long for me like at the last it's probably been like years now like I was probably I stopped dancing when I was like 18 or 19 yeah just any of those when I would go into alley auditions like there's so many mirrors everyone's just watching you taking notes like as soon as you walk in I was like shitting my pants I was like oh my god like this is like the, the worst thing ever but I guess is, you know you get over mm-hmm. it or is it still yeah, do you still like, get it <laughs> no for sure I feel like it's a bit like dating like the more you do it the less nervous you get um right. for sure like I'm always gonna have a certain element of of um anxiety because like you do you care so much um, and it is like, um, you, you just, you work so hard for something. And then for like, I've been to some auditions where I literally just walk in and they just look at you and, and you're cut and like, oh, that's just like, it, it takes like such a toll definitely on like your mental health and your self-esteem. So there will, there will always be an element of like, just, uh, yeah, obliterating anxiety for me in auditions, <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, like sometimes you just have to look at it. Like I think with Mulan especially, because I knew I was below the height requirement because mm-hmm. I knew like it was just such a, a write-off almost in my head that I went in, like not that I didn't care, but like I just went in just to have fun. 
Um, and when I honestly like let go and like let go of caring so much and being like yes. so that's when it, it happened you know that's when they were like no we like her let's let's take a chance on her um so yeah so even though you might be like so scared and anxious try to go in and just just have a good time and, like yeah. a bit like it'll happen like I'm a firm believer that like yeah. what's meant for you won't pass by you yes and it's do you happen to know like the percentage of people that audition that actually get into the Mulan region that's probably like a very specific um answer but like do you know like a ballpark because it's a very like for people that like aren't aware of the dance world they're like what does this even mean because I know how prestigious it is but do you have any idea like the percentage of, of actually making it to the Moulin Rouge? Oh, that's a really good question. I actually don't. And my PR lady is probably going to be mad that I don't have the statistics <laughs> on hand. Well, like, I'll, like, write it. I'll, like, edit it in after. But, yeah. like, it must be quite, like, small, right? Like, I'm assuming, like, they have their girls and, like, maybe every year. Like, do they, like, how many new people do they hire on, like, per year? Um, yeah, it, it honestly, it changes a lot because, like, France has this rule where like every if you've been in a job for three years you get like what's called a CDI contract so it's kind of like an indefinite contract where like you actually like if you don't breach your contract you can't be fired so like a lot of the girls like I'd say like 60 to like 80 percent of them have been there for like five years plus and they'll probably be there for a long time so they only they only ever bring in uh new girls when like other older girls leave because it's such a great comfortable dance job that comes with so many perks like it's pretty hard like as a dancer to leave because like why would you go back into that world of like constant anxiety and self-doubt and auditions and unreliability when you have this like perfectly great like sold out show 365 days a year Mm -hmm. just like the yeah the comfort and like the um uh consistency of this job is is so great so when I I remember when I auditioned I think they had just done like a world tour or world Australia London Canada um and there was just three of us there was just three of us that joined um so yeah that was that was intense but then again um this past April they had nine people join so I think it it definitely changes with the seasons and it depends who stays and who goes um but yeah it's definitely like a very small group and I feel very lucky to have snaked my way in (laughs) Yeah, no, you should be so proud. You're like wrapping Canada. Is there only like you and that other Canadian girl and everyone else? There's actually, no, now there's actually, um, I've convinced, we've convinced um, our artistic director that Canadians are the best. There's one other girl from, so there's a girl I started with from Toronto. There's now a girl that joined in April who's from Edmonton. Um, And then there's a boy that's been there forever and he is from Calgary. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, yeah. that's crazy cool. I hope one day, like I've been to Paris, but I've never been to a show and I've seen videos. It's incredible. Um, like the amount of work that you all put in is insane. Like you've dedicated everything to that and you can tell that's why the, the shows are sold out. That's why there's so many. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You should be really proud. Honestly. It's, oh, it's thank awesome. you. <laughs> I know I have some, some definitely some pinchy moments. Like yeah. it's, it's a pretty crazy show. We have like I want to say a thousand costumes, like 800 pairs of handmade shoes. Yeah. Like we have like an aquarium under the stage for when like, um, spoiler alert, a girl dances with five pythons in the water. Like it's like, I know, Mm -hmm. like it's, (laughs) it's so, it's so crazy. And it's also, it's so fun kind of back to your, um, question about like, does it ever get bored? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, there's almost a better show off stage than on stage every single night with all like the, the drama that mm-hmm. happens um and all the last minute things that can go wrong and how we have to just deal with them so fast so yeah there's there's honestly there's never a dull moment and I feel so lucky that that's what I get to say I do for a living 
Yes, there, I, there should be like a behind the scenes like show or like a little. I, mm-hmm. I honestly that. think you could like charge literally double the ticket price for them to <laughs> see what's happening on stage, and then for them to also see what's happening at yes. the same time off stage because yeah. it's it's hilarious sometimes. Yeah, I bet it's like, just people oh running God. around just trying to like. Oh, chaos! Organized chaos, chaos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's like just as much choreography backstage as on stage. Yeah, because we all we all need dressers. Like we can't put these amazing, heavy, intense costumes on ourselves. Yes. Um. Yeah. Like someone gets injured last minute. I need to do a new, new spot. It counts yeah. before I'm on stage. Like some the sometimes like the acrobats recently like their door to their change room locked, so they couldn't get their roller uh, blades for their performance. So then we had to cut that in the show, and then you know the next number who's supposed to be changing is has to be on stage right now. So then everything just like dominoes effects. Um, it's it's so much fun or like the sometimes the aquarium doesn't go back down so we have a huge hole in the stage and like eight counts were on stage okay. we're like okay I yeah. guess we're doing all the choreography on this like it's it's so fun and it's it's yeah it's 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 chaos but it's yeah. it keeps life interesting cool okay awesome well yeah it's it sounds really fun like I was gonna say I thought you were gonna say that you were gonna put the rollerblades on like when that person was stuck because you you said that you learned like everyone's position I'd be I'd be shocked if you were like so I think I'm, that might have cut out yeah you cut out sorry what did you say <laughs> I, I said though I thought you said you were going to put the rollerblades on when that guy oh. was. <laughs> no. you said you learned everyone's like everyone's parts I'm like oh my god they're expecting oh, not not, not the circus acts no, okay I can't, okay I can't learn that okay. you're safe yeah. from that Mm-hmm, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to get into some rapid fires to end the episode. Oh my god, okay. I'm scared, but I'm excited. Let's go. Okay, the number one, you can kind of say this as like quickly as you can, but like the worst okay. that you've been on. The worst date that I've been on? Yes. Okay, yeah. Uh definitely. It went really well actually, but just at the end, this was in France. Um, and he asked me if I had a boyfriend, and I was like, no do you have a girlfriend and he said well yes I do but I was gonna make an exception for a prestigious dancer no yes I know I know it was going so well and it had gone well and then he just like oh so well and then he just decided to bring that up and I was like oh okay we're we're not on the same page here oh no okay terrible um yeah next question along with dating but what's like your biggest ick ick with dating Oh, this is going to be so bad and probably get me um, maybe some backlash. But when they're short, when they're really short, just because oh, I'm such okay. a tall dancer, that when they lie about their height or, yeah, yes. it's just, it's still I mean, I will admit here and out myself, I am the same. So when I was, I was on a dating app last year, obviously, before I was in a relationship. And on Hinge, you can set requirements. And Really? Yes, yes. Gal, you're yeah. paying extra for that hinge, I think. Yeah, I did. I did at the time. <laughs> um, and it was like no one under, I think it was either 5'10 or 5'11. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm nope. sorry. Nope. I'm uh, also like, I'm kind of, I'm like 5'8. I'm like kind of the same height. So I'm like, yeah. No one, please, like, I'm so sorry. Short no, it needs to be above six feet. Kings, but like, not for <laughs> me. So sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Okay. Um, What's your favorite country that you've traveled to? Okay, wait, I'm going to cheat and I say uh, I haven't actually traveled here, but I know it will be my favorite country and it's Norway. I just feel like I could hike the shit out of it and I'm so excited. Norway <laughs> is beautiful. It's like I went, I was on an exchange um, a couple years ago during college and yeah. I lived in Stockholm and so we traveled like all over and I went to Norway um, and it was, it was beautiful. It was like rainy the entire time and then we went on a boat tour and like the sun just came out. There was a rainbow. It was just beautiful. 
Oh my God. I'm so excited. I know I need to get myself there. Yeah. Stunning. Okay. Um, so if your life was a movie, what genre would it be and who would you want to play you? <sighs> okay. Oh, probably like a musical satire. And honestly, I'm going to go with my favorite Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Ooh, yes. I don't know if you've seen Fleabag. Wow. Iconic. I love Fleabag and I've been telling my boyfriend to watch it with me because I think it's, am I frozen? Oh, everyone, like I've been telling everyone to like watch and it's so funny. Um, And I've seen some people dress up like, you know, when Clara gets her haircut, like I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so so great. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Uh, What is something that you wish people asked you more often? Oh, Maybe, would you like the rest of my food? Or <laughs> can I buy you a coffee? Ah, good one. <laughs> Maybe, good one. do you want more paid vacation? <laughs> yes, yes. I'll take any one of those. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's see what I have. What's the compliment you receive the most in your life? Mm, okay, weirdly, probably my calves. I get that a lot. Okay, yeah, I get that I have nice calves. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of rises in my ballet classes. Yes, yes. Yes. Do you still like do any like point shoe work or anything? No, I have not done point work since before COVID. Okay. Yeah, my the abuse on my toes don't really miss it. Yes. <laughs> not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, um, uh, that's I should really get myself back in the ballet class sometimes. <laughs> I think if I were to put my foot and a point shoe now, it would literally just like flop down. Oh yeah, like, I know. What are you doing? Like it's just been way too long for me. I'm like, oh my God. I think it's like laughable now if I tried to dance or like put any of those shoes on, I think it would just be like hilarious. So if I ever do, I think I'm gonna film it and like- Please do. I would love, I would pay to watch that. that. <laughs> <laughs>